gonna do who we think are gonna be the top ten players in five years. So that's another player. There's probably I mean another another list. There's probably gonna be a lot of a lot of differences. Um, we're doing this back to back recording on days, which is not something you commonly do. So it's it's not common. We were I'm open on two days in a row. I'm always messing up the schedule, but we were chilling today. So we're back. We're back at it again. But I guess there's probably not too much to report. But how was your last one day? It was it was pretty good. I, I kind of hung around around here. Um, I cleaned up my room. My room is really messy. At times, you can see how messy my room is. So I cleaned it up a little bit. <laughs> and other than that, I've kind of just messed around. I haven't done that much. That's about about what I've been doing as well. Is it's what is it Thursday or Friday or it's 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 Tuesday. It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday right now, yes. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do anything. <laughs> I've just been chilling around and playing some basketball, playing some Rocket League. As I usual, play, I guess. I want to play basketball really bad right now. This is about the time when we have our church camps and stuff, and I'm playing tons of basketball. And I'm missing out on it this year. So I want to get... Just drive, like, four hours to come down to my house. We'll play some basketball. All right, yeah. We'll, t- we'll make the drive. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But I guess, without further news, further ado we get into the small amount of news that we've had over the past approximately 24 hours. So, as I've just learned probably five minutes ago, two more players opting out of the season, bigger name players. Alan Hearn, wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins. He's on the Dolphins, I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. He's still in the... He's just, he moves on me every single year. He's been on four different teams now. But, yeah. Um, Marcus Gilbert, the former first Steeler, offensive lineman, currently Arizona Cardinal, has also opted out of the season. Not good for somebody that is on my top ten list coming up late. I I just revealed one spot. Um, yeah, that's um, right. But but I don't, I don't know. Those aren't the biggest name players we've had, but obviously more common names than the average player that's opting out here. Lastly, we reported a little earlier. Gardner Minshew was placed on the COVID nineteen reserve list. He has been relieved from that list. He's officially back, and he says that he never actually had COVID. He is just, I guess, in contact with somebody that may have had it. So he was just on the list for precautionary measures. He was only there for like a day or two. But he's back in action. That's always nice with Minshew mania, I guess. <laughs> he, yeah, he did, He caught the coronavirus, and then he just told them, I don't want you anymore, and he's left. He caught the coronavirus. I, if, if Gardner Minshew catches the coronavirus, that might be cure. Kill it forever. <laughs> but I guess the bigger news that we have here, Ron Rivera, Washington football head coach. We reported earlier to start that. Alex Smith placed on the UP or physically unable to play list. More importantly now, obviously, when you're list, you're still allowed to, to train training camp and this and that. So he's been training there, and head coach Ron Rivera says that Alex Smith is quote-unquote absolute for a run to be the Washington football team's starting quarterback now. Just interesting That's, because yeah. they did put him on PUP. They could always unact, like, unactivate him, obviously. But um, I would say he's probably not going to be well. I think he's a better quarterback than Dwayne Haskins, obviously. Um, that team is not in a position – to where you can put in like a game manager quarterback like Alex Smith and be able to win a bunch of games. That's not going to be beneficial to the team. You want the young guy in there because who knows, maybe Dwayne Haskins blows up. Uh, am I predicting it? No. Is it possible? Yes. And if he doesn't blow up, well, then you can draft one of the top three quarterbacks in the draft in Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance. And obviously those those guys are going to have a very big chance of success compared to Dwayne Haskins. If you're a team that's like a quarterback away, like a Chicago, then you'd be happy to have Alex just come in and be a game manager and get you far in the playoffs potentially. But in a, in a situation like Washington's where they do not have many pieces to build off of, especially offensively, yeah. Alex Smith is probably not. Especially he just came off such a rough injury. Like I'm not saying he, he's like he's 
able to play football, like like they've said. But do you really mm-hmm. want to put him in there after like he went through all that just to be absolutely annihilated with their awful offensive line? Like, <laughs> especially when he has to play against like some some rough defensive fronts with the Eagles and, and Cowboys. Um, it's not <laughs> it would not would not be fun for him. So you know he yeah, he could come in and play for oh yeah like you said a a Bears or, or a team like that. There were rumors the Steelers were going to try and, and trade for him. Um, I saw that those months back, but they obviously never nothing came out of that because Steelers are not no, in the market. <laughs> yeah, well, that'd be interesting at least. But I guess with that, we hop into the list. I mean, th- this was an interesting list to make. Once again, we talked about it a little before. This is going to be very vastly different um, to the top ten players we're predicting for five years in the future. So there's going to be a lot of guys that are in the league now that probably want your Drew Breeses and possibly Tom Brady's, Big Ben's, Phillip Rivers, a lot of those older quarterbacks probably will not be. And even guys that are on our top 10 list for right now are not going to for five years future because obviously age, father time is undefeated. So I look to see a very different list from our last one, to say the least. So I have a, a lot of positions covered here. I went through and I looked up like top 10 players with this potential at this position looked into them, looked into the names and stuff, and I was like, yes, I agree with this. Yes, I don't agree with that. Or, like, you know, to some extent, you know, that's kind of what I did. Um, but the only position I did not really look into is running back because running back is too volatile a position. It's almost certainly the best running backs in the leagues are going to be straight out of the draft because age is the biggest problem with, with the running backs and the wear and tear that gets put on their bodies. So that is the only position I don't have one on there. Um but my honorable mentions, I have a lot of honorable mentions. Trevor Lawrence, I don't. It's hard to tell. In five years, he could be a star, but he's not in the league yet. So I, I didn't honestly know if we were going to put him on the list or not. So he's kind of like a half honorable mention. He could be anywhere from one to an honorable mention. <laughs> it would, it would be hard to have him at one. But then I have Minka Fitzpatrick, someone who's still going to be good in the future, very good right now. Marshawn Lattimore, a number one running back. I mean, not a one number one running back, number one quarterback. He's still going to be. He's going to be like twenty seven, twenty eight. Um, in five years, so he could he could still be good. You know, so you see people in the thirties, like um, like Patrick Peterson, who he, he might not be in the thirties, but um, the older he's, he's back in the thirties. Yeah, you know, they, they still see them balling out. Tre'Davious White, who another guy, he'll be like twenty seven. Um, so it's hard to tell, but I think he'll be he'll still be dominant. Julio Jones will be thirty six. Kevin Byard will be like twenty eight. Miles Garrett who'll be like twenty nine. Um, and then Jerry Judy. Which is hard to tell if he's going to be top 10, but he's a very crisp route runner. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I see a lot of potential in him, but it's, it's hard to put him in a top 10 already before he's even played a snap of NFL football. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. So I guess my honorable mentions, I, I limited myself as I always try to, to for it now. So it was top. There are always the guys <laughs> that I, I thought easily been honorable mentions that weren't. Four honorable mentions for me. Nick Bosa was my first honorable the San Francisco 49ers. Um, he should potential of being a real stud, and I think he obviously will be being, you know, top 14 player in the league in five years is my prediction, I guess. The other four honorable mentions for there. Um, he's just doing a lot of fundamentals. He's got a uh, – uh, that's a great family, football family there, and I just – I think he's great on that defense. He's probably at some point maybe the highest paid defender in NFL history. Would not surprise me at all. Michael Thomas is a guy that is 27 now, I believe, which would leave him at 32. Um, obviously, he's still a great receiver now. I think he's the second best receiver in the NFL right now. And uh, he's a very volume receiver, which is why I have him to continue his and to put up stats like this throughout his career. Because volume receivers, you know, obviously you can say what you want them, but they tend to hold up a little bit better. Receivers that are very reliant on athleticism. So 
Michael Thomas there. Quentin Nelson was really tough for me to leave off this list, but they're he's he's an honorable mention. He's gonna be high on your list, I'm sure. But it's so tough for me to leave him on because obviously it's even t- it's tough to rank offensive linemen versus like skill position. Really, offensive line versus any other position is so tough to rank. And I had him very high on my list of players right now. Moving forward, I think he may he can easily be a top ten player. But it's just so hard for me to rank Quentin Nelson in the top ten with all of these guys and how I project them to be. Um, and lastly, yeah. a guy that you had on yours, Tredavious White of the Buffalo Bills, one of the best, probably in my opinion, the best young in the league, the second best corner apart from Stephon Gilmore. Um, th- there's not much to say. He's an amazing zone corner, and I think he's going to continue. I don't think, yeah, I didn't have any other corners on my list, so I predict him in five years to be the best corner in the league. That's a good pick there. Yeah, there's so often that I have like one honorable mention or like two. I thought I might as well splurge on this one. Uh, <laughs> my number 10 here is, in my opinion, the best safety in the NFL right now is Jamal Adams coming. He's number six on my list right now. So I think there'll be some regression, um, not in the fact that I think other players are going to move up on the list. He, he's very good right now, and, um, like, the, he's so good right now, like, if his stats decrease, he's still going to be very good. Like, you know, the 200 tackles and stuff, like, that's not going to hold up whenever he's, he's like, 30 or, or, or 29 or however old he'll be. Um, but he's, he's one of, yeah, he's another guy who's fundamentally good, very smart, um, and the athleticism, athleticism is there for him. But it's not the, it's not his holistic play. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that's not all of him. Like, there's there's some guys who are just very fast, and that's why they rack up the stats so much. Yeah. I do not believe Jamal Adams is one of those guys, so that's why I have him there. It's it's hard to see where you're gonna put him in a few years, as most defensive backs are, because age plays a big part on them. But you could see guys coming on the draft this year being up there, but it's it's really hard to say. That's that's the main thing. Yeah. You could have Jeff Okuda on here if you really wanted to, but that's that's hard to that's a hard argument to make, and you don't really have any stats or, or reasoning really because we've never seen him play. Yeah, defensive backs are definitely really tough to rank because, like you said, fundamental fundamentally sound are the things are the players that are going to get you a long career. Like even guys like Jair Alexander who rely very heavily on athleticism. Like if he doesn't progress enough to be able to get very fundamentally sound in those ways and not as much rely on speed and athleticism, you can be someone that is not as productive nearly as he is right now in, in five years from now. But I'm going to say right now, as you mentioned, have, of how defensive backs are so difficult to rank, I do not have a single defensive back on my list, interestingly <laughs> enough. I think just with the direction that the NFL is moving, um, defensive backs by year just in, in my – I didn't, like, think of this as I was, like, making this. But, like, thinking about it, it's like you, the NFL analyst, you need, like, a quarterback, someone for the quarterback, and someone to rush the <laughs> team score. It's like a quarterback a lineman, a wide receiver, and a pass rush. If you have those four positions, you're a good team. So I, I kind of, you know, I didn't go off of that when I was in this list, but looking at it now, it's like, that's, that's kind of how I felt. I can <laughs> so. say. He's the last defensive back on my list there, so. Mm-hmm. Just do him in for good measure, I guess, inside. Yeah. So my number 10, you mentioned that you like about guys that you don't have anything to go off of. Number 10 is a guy that we don't have any NFL experience to get off of. Chase Young at my number Ooh. 10 spot. Um, Washington football team. He'll be 26 years old. Um, when you look at the numbers in college, they were astonishing. 16 and a half sacks, which led college football. Seven forced fumbles, which was tied for the lead in all of college football. Three passes defended, 46 tackles. Um, we had a stellar career there for Ohio State. So look at, he's one of the best players coming out of the draft that we've seen in years. It's really him and another guy that is on my list a little later that I'll talk about that a little later. But, He's so fundamentally sound. His footwork is so good, and he's got that bull rush down to where, like, 
he has the potential to have like this the, the BA web like fundamentally sound and having all the moves in his arsenal like a TJ Watt or a JJ Watt or a Joey Bosa, but also has the weight of a bigger player like Aaron Donald or Alan Garrett. So fundamentally he's great. It's all I can't put him insanely, insanely high as a as a defender because defenders it's it's tough to transition to the NFL with the obviously every off and in college you don't face very many offensive linemen that are ready to block Aaron Donald. But in the NFL, every and whether they're going to do it well or not, they're prepared for that. So I, obviously, it's a big transition. It's hard for me to put him like super high just because we haven't seen any NFL snaps. And there's always guys like Quinn in college, and you project them to be really well. And then they just really don't turn out as you expected in their first couple seasons. So I got Chase Young at number ten. Solid pick, solid pick. Yeah, yeah I have not put um I have not put any players that were just drafted except um Trevor Lawrence and Jerry Judy. I had on my honorable mentions, but. There's that. Um, at number nine, I have someone who's going to be approximately 30, 36. So th- this is one of the one of the oldest players, if not the oldest player on my list right. here. I have Russell Wilson. Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say. Okay. Yeah. Um. So he he's yeah, he'll be older at that point, but he's he's someone that I've I've realized that he's not the pure like scrambling quarterback. He's a scrambler. He's a guy who who uses his legs to pass up to open up the passing game. But you've seen. Like that, he has an absolute cannon for an arm. Um, you know, he can make decisions in the pocket. He does not have to roll out. It is just an addition to his game. So I think he'll hold up over the years. But I think there are some players that will overtake him with time, um, as his ability to to move out of the pocket diminishes. Um, so you know, it, players like that, it's it's hard to be great for a really long time. But I think he'll he'll being nine, the ninth best player in the NFL is nothing to to sneeze at. No, it is not. No, it is not. So my number nine guy is a guy that I'm, I do not on your list. It's a bit of a stretch at this point, but I think I'm going to get there at some point. My, my second best receiver in the league in five years, Mike Evans. Mike Evans is going to be 31 years old in five years. This season, he put up 67 receptions for 1,157 yards and eight touchdowns. Jameis Winston. Um, obviously, Mike Evans has not had good quarterback throughout his career. His quarterbacks have been Jameis Winston, Mike Glennon, I believe, since he was drafted. Um, Obviously not a great quarterback room, but he's putting up elite stats. I think you're going to see him put up amazing stats and really like a consensus top five wide receiver in the league this year is what I'm predicting with Tom Brady. Um, there's not really much to say. He's, he's an absolute freak athletically, um, which is when you look at things and he's able to do. I think he's maybe a top two or three talent in this league of uh, wide receivers when it comes down to it. Um I just think he's going to be able to, to succeed there if it's in Tampa Bay after Tom Brady's gone in, in five years, which I think we can all come to the conclusion that he will be. Whether it's in Tampa Bay or elsewhere, I think Mike Evans is really going to blossom with Tom Brady and learn how to be a winner. I think those skills are going to continue to move on as he gets older, and Mike Evans is my number two wide receiver in the league at my number nine spot. And I'll say you're going to be interested in my number one receiver in the league. I feel like it's going to... There's someone that you've mentioned who you think is going to be really good in the future. I don't know if you're really... Um, like firm on your stance but we'll we'll see there my number eight here is is um is th- this player and then there's a little bit of drought before you get to your next quarterback um this one might surprise you to a point but he's someone i actually hated the pick out of the out of the draft as most people did um oh, I, I know who you're going with <laughs> it is daniel jones yes because his his stats were not were, were good this year like as a lot of people added him on fantasy because his team was actually you know, his, his stats were good the turnovers, one of those were, people. the turnovers were a humongous issue. He like fumbled the ball so many times, <laughs> but 
someone like I feel like he could develop to be someone like Eli Manning. He might win like a super. He might. That's I mean that's that's hard to say. But I think I think he'll be like six. Like overall, people will think he like was good at the end of his career. Um, mm-hmm. he, he's always gonna because he's he's more of a raw guy, and that's the thing. Like I don't think he's ever gonna be like like Tom Brady who you know throws so many less interceptions and touchdowns. I think he's gonna, he's always more of a gambler, and I, that's not something that's gonna change. But I think at points like. That he's going to show flashes of like just how crazy talented he is. Of course, yeah, nobody didn't like the pick because he was drafted so high. But I am a, I'm cheering for Danny Dimes at this point. I hope oh, he does cool. good. I am definitely cheering for Danny. Like, he did not make my list, but I will say I love Daniel Jones right now. He's he might be one of my top five favorite quarterbacks in the league. There's not a reason for it, but <laughs> I'm cheering for Danny Dimes. It was between him and Josh Allen. I didn't even, I didn't have Josh Allen on my list at all, but I did end up um, picking Danny Dimes. Not, I don't know. I guess I probably could have had Josh, Josh Allen as an honorable mention. But I, I think Josh Allen is going to be really good, but not as good as the other two quarterbacks from my list higher. So, at number at number eight for is a guy, I'm not actually sure if you have one on your list, you might. This is the oldest player on my list. At 34 years old, I still have Donald on this list at, really? at number eight. Um, we know Father defeated, but there are certain players that you just have to think Father time may take a little bit longer to affect. And Aaron Donald is one of those players. He is just—he has such brute strength and such core fundamentals to be able to do any move in the book and be any offensive lineman you throw at him. I think his age will affect him, obviously, but not as much as to say he's going to be a bad player by any means. And I still think he's going to be the eighth best player in the league at 30 years old. I think there's a higher chance of Aaron Donald retiring before 34 than him being like significantly worse by that age. Uh, he put up 12 and a half sacks and two forced fumbles this year. But obviously, the triple teams and the double teams were coming at a higher rate than any other player in this league. 20.5 sacks last season in his Defensive Player of the Year season, which is, I've said this so many times, just unthinkable for a defensive interior defensive lineman, that is. He's just an absolute force. He's my second-best player in the league right now, as he is for people. And he's my eighth-best player in the league in five years. I like it. I like it. Um, he's on my list. I gave it away, so it's not really that big of a deal. Um, coming up here at number seven is who I think the best receiver in the NFL will be in five years, DeAndre Hopkins. So I, that's that's hard to say. He's he's kind of built on his athleticism to a point, but he's he's humongous. He'll be he's 28 right now, so he'll be 32 or 33, um, depending on when he's born. So he, he's still be, he'll still be relatively young. Like um, <clears throat> so, you know that's that's the main thing. He's he's still an animal. He's still he's so athletic. So big. It's it's so weird how big he is, but how fast he is, and how clean his route running is. Like how good his hands are. He's like he's like he's like the the new generation Larry Fitzgerald to a point. Um, like Larry Fitzgerald ne- never dropped a pass. You know, never. You know, you know Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald. He was incredibly, incredibly good. And I think um, he'll he'll develop into a player like that. You can't see it, but I'm showing Joe the picture of DeAndre Hopkins I have on my wall with my wide receivers poster. It, it's very outdated because then your Browns not on the Steelers anymore. Otto Beckham Jr. is not on the Cowboys or the Giants anymore. Des Bryant's not on the Cowboys. And DeAndre Hopkins is not on the, the Texans anymore. Very outdated, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> I'm soaking it up. But um, looks cool. For me, yeah, it, it does look my best. I've had that for years, as you can tell. But um, <laughs> My number seven is a guy that I mentioned a little bit previously, just for a minute. Miles Garrett of the Cleveland Browns at my number seven spot. Um, I think that I, if he played, I gotta, I gotta get run and get my charging cord. Um, 
I can talk into it this time. But um, for me, Miles Garrett. Um, when it comes down to it, I think I could have put him in my top ten players list this season if he had played the whole season. Obviously, about the then the incident with Mason Rudolph, to say the least, is that, that that's as far as I'm gonna go with it. But um, put it up ten sacks since this year in only ten games. The man was averaging a sack a game, which is ridiculous. He's just so young. He's gonna be 29 in 2025, the year we're talking about, and um. There's, there's not much to say. He's an absolute force. Um, he's the guy that I had mentioned to you a little bit earlier as being one of the best defenders we've seen come out in years. So fundamentally sound. He's someone that age will, may affect a little bit more than other guys, but obviously Miles Garrett's going to be a force, and I still have him on number seven spot. Like I said, if he didn't get injured, there's, he had potential to be in my top ten list of this season. Or not injured, but suspended. And um, we'll see where we'll, we'll see what happens with Miles Garrett going forward. But I think he's going to be the seventh best player in the league moving forward in 2025. That is that's a pretty good pick. I um I respect. I didn't really hear what you're saying, but I'm sure it was good reasoning as always. <laughs> uh, I've had my son mention. It's it's hard to tell. That's something. I, yeah, I feel like someone that's going to if age might affect him a little bit more because he's very like he's almost like raw. If that makes any sense, like he's very. It, strength reliant two point i don't know it, just, it seems like that to me i'm not i don't watch the film and even if i did i probably wouldn't understand um i'm sure he is is a fundamentally good player to some extent because he's very good but it just in my opinion it might just seem he seems like someone that uh age might affect him more than other but coming here at number six i have pittsburgh's very own tj watt someone james Harris. i am um, looking at like lists of old james you know james harrison was lifted listed very high and I think he will, like, if you're going to say we said, you know, the Steelers have their, their quarterback, their their wide receiver, and they need their pass rusher, and TJ Watt would certainly do that. He gets to the quarterback quick, um, very fundamentally sound as far as the spin moves, the bull rushes, the, the arm placements. I've watched YouTube videos and stuff on him, so I know more what I'm mm-hmm. talking about. But he's so good. He's The force fumbles were so high this year. I mean, you know, the chance of him keeping that up for years and years is, is not likely, but but, you know, his turnover percentage is still going to be high. Like, his pressures are high. He's a game wrecker, um, just like his brother, who's been good for years. And J.J. Watt, I think he'll be able to to last a long time, win multiple defense player of the years, I hope. And he is the second best player, defensive player on my list. So I think he'll be very good in five years still. I like the pick. I like the pick. I will say that Miles Garrett in number seven was my second best highest defensive player so i mentioned that mike evans was my second best wide receiver and and my number one best wide receiver in the league i don't know if you even know who this guy is he's not even in the nfl right now jamar chase of I have- lsu tiger um i think he was by far the best wide receiver in college football that last season he posted 84 receptions for 1780 yards which led all of college football and 20 touchdowns with also which also led all of college football um, he's, he will be 25 years old. He's coming into the draft this season, uh, projected top five pick. And I just think that I can't say a, a single bad thing about this kid. I think I think Justin Jefferson is a very underrated pick solely because every other first-round wide receiver you look at every like on average every year, the first-round receivers are the number one receiver. Justin Jefferson was the undoubted number two receiver on his team. Uh, Jamar Chase, I think, was by far the best wide receiver in college football. And... It's it's definitely hard to project wide receivers more so than a lot of other positions coming from from college to the NFL. 
just because there's so many factors there, and like even just the ball they get thrown. You have an you have a, a severe playing with a Joe Burrow or something because they're you know NFL caliber quarterback. Then if like a Jalen Rager type player that's playing with a TCU quarterback that's not a starting NFL caliber quarterback, so the the transition there of just the way that the balls come off of a quarterback's hands is different there. But Jamar Chase. I think he was the best receiver in college football. I don't think it was close. And um, I think in five years from now, he's going to be the best wide receiver in the game, my number six player. I I like that. I like that. Um, I, Yeah, he's not on my list. I did not go back that far. I didn't know Jamar Chase. You mentioned him. Um, He's very good. Yeah, putting him at number one is bold, but but we like bold. So we'll have to yeah. see. But if this age is well, we can come back in five years. And on some forum, we can talk about how you said he was going to be the best wide receiver in the league in five years. And that would be cool. Um, but here at number five, I have Aaron Donald. Um, very good uh, very good defensive player right now, obviously. Like you said, he's going to be like 32. I don't know how old you said he was going to be. He's, gonna not, he's not going to be old yet. Um, and someone like Mean Joe Green. Like Mean Joe Green was old. When he, I mean, it was very good. Not very good. He was good when he was like 38 or so. Um, he played good into his old age, and I'm not saying they're like the same amount of, of good, but um, you know it's the same principle applies. You can if you're that good, you'll you'll play into old age, and you'll still play good. Um, maybe it's bold putting him this high, but but I think Donald Pitt product. Um, I always like to throw that in there because there's no one from Virginia as good as Aaron Donald. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah, that's that's the thing. He's very he's so yeah he's so fundamentally good. That's the thing. He's He's incredibly strong, but that's not his whole game. He spin moves, swim moves, all the all the crazy things. It's just incredible that he does so good. Yeah, and he's getting like triple teamed. He's getting double teamed. And it's like I wonder how often there's it's one offensive lineman on Aaron Donald. And out of the times that there's only one offensive lineman on him, I wonder how many times he gets to the quarterback. It's like I'm sure the numbers are high. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just he's so good. It's crazy. I, I can definitely agree with you there. So <laughs> my number five, my third highest quarterback, and um, the last player that I have on this list that is actually not in the NFL right now, guy who's on your honorable mentions list, Trevor Lawrence, a five spot. Um, Clemson Tigers quarterback right now, obviously. I'll get it. He's going to be 25 years old, and I'll get into the stats now. But before I do, I want to preface that quarterback and and running back or two, like especially quarterback, okay, is – a position when it comes to college football that stats are not the main thing that you look at as a scout. His stats were not bad by any means. He put up uh, 3,765 yards, six touchdowns, and eight interceptions. He was top five in touchdowns thrown this season. But um, stats are not what you use a scout and to, to draft a quarterback. You look at, obviously, you look at things that don't aren't even on the football field. You look at any off-the-field issues and leadership, how, how you are in the locker room. But you just look at the intangibles. You look at, is he able to go through his progressions? Is he able to make whatever throws on the field? Is he able to throw it to all three levels of the field relatively accurately? You know, what's the arm strength looking like? This and that and whatever else. That's what you look at. It's the mental aspect. Obviously, any scout will tell you football is 90% mental and 10% physical, especially when you're in a quarterback. It might even be higher. You look at a guy like Trevor Lawrence. He's able to go through his progression. He's able to stay calm in the pocket and move up and down. He's able to read defenders like no other. And I think he's one of the best quarterback prospects we've seen in years. I think he's probably the best quarterback as a prospect we've seen since Andrew Luck. Um, whether he's better than Andrew Luck or not as a prospect, I'm, I'm not a scout. That's not my place to say. But 
He's an absolute stud in college. He's the projected number one pick, and it would be tough for me to see him fall anywhere out of that. Trevor Lawrence, I think, is the best quarterback. I He wasn't the best quarterback in college football, I guess, this year. Joe Burrow had a better season, but I still think Trevor Lawrence is a better player. Trevor Lawrence at my number five spot. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence is certainly going to be a top 10 NFL player, in my opinion, in five years. But I don't know how bold we were trying to get with this list, so I, I kept it chill. I texted you and asked you, and you were like, you can if you want. And then I was like, wait, did you put him on your list or what? And you're like, I may or may have not put him on my list. So I didn't, I didn't really know, but I left him off. Number four here is the most, this is the, the most interesting player on my list. I felt very smart putting his name on this list. Um, Dexter Lawrence, former first-round pick for the New York Giants. So he's currently 320 pounds. He is humongous, which a lot of times people think that might mean like a shorter career because that's, that's a lot of wear and tear on your knees. Um, he'll, he'll be like 20, he'll be like 26 or 27, whatever in five years. Um, but like, uh, that's, I'm going to assume that he slums down to some extent because yeah, he's not gonna, you're not going to be very good for, for that long. And when you're that big, but, um, the, the stats were not good this year. He had like, sing, he had single digit sacks, um, single, di- like single digits, pretty much everything. Um, except maybe tackles. I didn't look that up. The thing was I, on Every single players with a lot of potential list, he was like he was like one or two on like on like all tons of lists I looked at, and I don't know. Um, and now that that's like something that there's all said he like he pressured the quarterback so often. I never saw that. I never saw that anywhere. So I would assume that one's double digit. But I said he got to the quarterback so often, it was just that like he didn't get a lot of contact, a lot of hits and stuff. And uh, pressures has always been a, a statistic I prioritize a lot, not more than sacks for obvious reasons, but. Um, pressures, pressures are something that you got to worry about as a quarterback. And when you're getting a quarterback hits too, like even if they're not a sack, you know, it's, it's kind of the same effect. Um, but Dexter Lawrence seems like a very promising player. Definitely the most bold player I have on the list, except for maybe, maybe Daniel Jones, but two, the New York giant giants could be looking good this year in five years. If my list comes to be true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Saquon, Saquon was someone I saw that, Someone thinks he's still gonna like he's a running back that could break the the trend of of being bad when they're old, like that he could play for a longer time. Which so can can I not. assume then that that Dexter is the highest graded defender on your list? You can assume. I did I say that he was that someone else was? I don't remember. You can't you can't assume he's the highest graded defender on my list at this point. Hmm, that's interesting. So I guess we'll get into my highest graded <laughs> defender at number four as well. Um, you mentioned that pressures are something that is very important to you. Well, my number four player led the league in 59, TJ Watt, my number one defender in five years, my main man. He's going to be 30 years old, and as of this, coming into the, this, is, this was his third year. He was a defensive player of the year candidate, and he's improved in just about every single stat, every single year. Um, this season, he put up 14 and a half sacks, led the league, tied and forced fumbles with eight. Um, 36 quarterback hits, 14 tackles for loss. The man was off force, to say the very least. He is someone that is probably in line to be the highest-paid defender in NFL history coming up next season, next offseason most likely. Um, I think you, the, you, you can definitely see that coming soon. But uh, he just improves. Obviously, he's 25 years old right now. In his past three seasons, he's improved in sacks, forced fumbles, and quarterback hits every single year. Um, and that defense has gotten better every single year. And he's the main reason for that. He's a Steelers team this year. Don't look for that to change anytime soon. Um, he, he can really do it all. Man created 10 turnovers by himself as a 
outside linebacker. That is absolutely astonishing for any player, let alone a backer, to, to do there. It's just nuts. T.J. Watt, my best defender in the league in five years. Um, I think he's going to be a top-five defender in the league after this season. He was my pick for Defensive Player of the Year. And um, don't be surprised if he makes one or two by the time that this, this list may or may not come. Oh, so he was a runner-up for my Defensive Player of the Year, as I think someone a little bit older, a little bit more experienced might get, get that spot this year. But, but certainly, T.J. Watt, having him as the best defensive player and number four, Five is no crazy. Number four is no crazy, no crazy uh, assumption to make. He's so promising, but uh, I'm just a little bit lower, not too much lower. And yeah, number three, I have someone you mentioned, like a nine or eight or something. I got Quentin Nelson, offensive lineman. I hated on him way too much in the offensive lineman list. I didn't know what I was talking about. It was two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Weird episode, but I believe he's like a Joe Thomas type player. He's a miss games. He isn't quiet. But he's really the best offensive lineman in the NFL right now. And you know, there's there's up and co- offensive linemen are always like are almost always like average players. Like you never see the impact they have a lot of times. Like even if they're really, really good. But Quentin Nelson is certainly deserving of more than that. And uh, like hopefully he'll play on like a better team than Joe Thomas played in the Browns. Um so you know, you, I don't want that same career outcome where he never really gets to win that much. Um so you know it, it's I like him there. It's, it's it's hard to say why I think he's still going to be so good and why he's going to get so much more, like, hype, per se, like, so much more recognition in the future. But I think people will just start to notice that just how important he is, and especially if the team wins and, like, if he leaves the team and they start to leave do bad and, like, their offensive line plays bad, then I think that would that would give a lot of recognition. Like, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not hoping that he leaves or whatever, but... <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely like Quentin's pick at three. I didn't have one on my top ten unless it was just super hard for me to rank him as an offensive lineman there. But um, seeing your top, your three, I, I can assume that we probably have the same top two players in the league. Uh-huh. But for me at number three, maybe, uh, actually, maybe, maybe, actually, I don't maybe know. a surprise. But um, hard. Anyway, um. my number three, you, you mentioned that you had no running backs on your list. I do. At number three, Christian McCaffrey in five years. Um, the man w- went on a tear. Maybe you did. Did you not mention that then? Wait. So you, it's just like disconnected and then reconnected. I don't, so I don't know what he said for the past right, 15 okay, seconds. Okay, okay. And you, you mentioned, I believe, previously that you didn't have any running backs. So this is what I was saying. And um, I do. And number three, Christian McCaffrey. Um, wow. Wow. He oh. is an absolute monster. And he's someone that I think more than any running back I've seen in years does, apart from, like, God forbid, some terrible injury. He's someone that father time will probably not ca- take a little bit longer to catch up. Because maybe he's going to be 29 years old, which obviously is not insanely old. But he's someone that put up a 1,000. 1,300 rushing yards and over 1,000 this season. Receiving running backs, I'll say it a million times, are the guys that have one. Just because obviously it's when you get the wear and tear on your body and you're not able to take it to the hole as many times, you're still able to the field and carving out good stats by receiving the ball and not having to take hits guaranteed every single play. Why Frank Gore has been able to play for so long is he's developed his game into being able to to be a running back that catches a moderate amount of passes, which is one of the big reasons his body has been able to, to keep up for this, however many he's playing. Chris McCaffrey, um, he was an amazing player, the runner-up for Offensive Player of the Year, put up 19 combined touchdowns this season, um, which is absolutely nuts. That's like he put up like college football numbers. So Christian McCaffrey, I think he's going to be the number one, the number three player in the league. He was like, he was top, I think he was number four on my list, right, players. I've got him at three moving forward. Um, Love Christian McCaffrey. 
it's I guess it's a little bolder of a pick, but what I've got. Mm, I like it. It's not incredibly bold, I guess. I, it just has. It's so hard for me to put a running back. Like the usages are so high from right now. I hope they can maybe draw back the usage just a little bit because mm-hmm. I can certainly see five years being a top top ten. Three is very bold, um, but I respect I respect your opinion. And number two, I don't know. Number two might surprise you to some extent. I have the new age Russell Wilson, the Russell Wilson in his prime, but not Russell Wilson. I've Kyler Murray here, number two. So, so oh, so you're shaking your head. So I don't know. If, uh, you big smile. So I'm assuming we have the same two players. I love Kyler Murray for this year. I love Kyler Murray for the future. He just reminds me of Russell Wilson. They're going to be, it's going to be like a very similar situation where Russell Wilson is like right now, where he's consensus number number three or number two quarterback in the league. And it's just like, he has a very consistent style of play with, with yeah, how they, they use their legs to open up the passing game. It's not that they're taking humongous hits every single play. And hopefully, yeah, hopefully, especially with the Cardinals, they can they have a good offense. Hopefully they can show up the offensive line. But even like Russell Wilson, they didn't really show up the offensive line for him much, if at all. And he still succeeded. He's had a long career. He's still great. Um, so so I, I really like Kyler Murray for the future and for now and, and for whenever. Kyler Murray's mm-hmm. a stud. So Kyler Murray's awesome. Um, I'm sure we're going to have the same number one. You can all guess who it is. I won't say it now. Kyler Murray is my number two player. He's going to be 27 years old, put up 37, 22 yards, and some 20 touchdowns and 12 picks. The numbers aren't amazing. But obviously this is his rookie season. We kind of discount that for quarterbacks especially. And his offensive line was terrible. Um, his offensive line should be, be should be at least moderately better this season. Um, but with a true number one receiver, DeAndre Hopkins, coming in, they've got a great receiving core. And Kenyon Drake being there the whole season was really opening up that offense towards the end of the season for his trade. They're from Miami last season. Like you mentioned, I like the comparison to Russell Wilson, where they're guys that aren't necessarily looking to run at all before the pass, but they're guys that use the running game to escape the pocket and use it to open up the passing game a little bit more. Uh, mobile quarterbacks are just a trend moving forward. Russell Wilson's escapability is the best I've ever seen personally. Um, and I think Kyler Murray is a guy that definitely does take inspiration from that. Being an undersized quarterback, they kind of use their legs to escape the pocket a little bit more frequently. And um, he's got great vision. He's shown that he can be a productive NFL quarterback this season in his rookie year. He was a pick for me to be a runner up for MVP. Um, I think Kyler Murray is going to have a breakout season this year, and I think that's going to be how it is moving forward. I think he's the number two quarterback in the league in five years, so 27 years old, Kyler Murray, number two. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I guess he'll be he'll be younger than Russell Wilson is right now in five years still because he's 31 right now, Russell Wilson. So um, I like that. Now, it's pretty obvious who the number one is at this point. We can all agree there's one player that just sticks out from the rest of them that's still going to be good. He's good right now. He put up good, cool numbers. And – Former Buccaneers quarterback Jameis Winston. He's just lightening up right you know. He'll my, get the... my pick for number one is actually current Tampa Bay Buccaneer quarterback Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I love the jokes. I love the jokes. They're, they're not old yet, so I'm going to keep them going. Um, yeah, at number one, we do have the current Super Bowl MVP, Patrick Mahomes. So he is he's just insane. He's just another player. It's just it's so fun to watch his highlights, to watch him play. His stats are good. There's n- nothing about him that you can really hate on. He's got a great team around him. Um, the team, in theory, will get worse over time just because he took such a, such a humongous contract. The cap situation is going to be kind of rough, but but you, you, he'll work it out. And that's they draft fast wide receivers and pay them cheap money, and they'll be fine. That's <laughs> that's really as, as as much as they need, and that's 
they've got a, a great theory going right now. He's got a cannon for an arm. And see. it's just like, I don't know, like, if, if you have someone else other than, than Patrick Mahomes as, like, the number one player and you're, like, predicting in years future, it has to be because you think he's going to get injured or something. But that's, that's like, I'm not going to predict that. Like, I don't even know. <laughs> like, why you... It's, it's just so clear-cut that he's going to be good, like, mm-hmm. for years and years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think, obviously, Mahomes as well. And I think Mahomes has... He's on pace currently and has potential to be possibly the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, obviously, that's if he keeps up at the same pace, which Super Bowl-wise is not an easy task to complete by any means. But you think he started? he's been starting for two seasons. He has one MVP and one Super Bowl MVP. He already has a 5,000-yard season, a 50-touchdown season. He's an absolute beast. Um, I think his MVP should have been unanimous. That's just me. I don't think Drew Brees did enough to warrant nine MVP votes. But whatever. That's just Mahomes, obviously, the best moving forward. The biggest contract by far in NFL history. The biggest contract in all of sports currently. There's not much to say. He can make every single throw in the book and accurately. I think he has probably the second biggest cannon in the league behind only Josh Allen. But Josh Allen have nearly the accuracy of Patrick Mahomes, and he can complete as many throws as he can. Mahomes is another guy that has... Um, situational mobility like Russell Wood and Kyle Murray, not to the extent that those two have. Mahomes is a guy that can roll out of the pocket and use that to extend plays, but not a guy that has a big threat of making you know large runs down the field or anything like that to where they may need to put like a QB spy on or something of the sort. Um, but it's simple. We can all agree Patrick Mahomes is probably the best player in the league right now. Most people would agree with me there. In five years, I think nothing's going to change. I think the Chiefs have a chance of becoming some semblance of a dynasty right now. However, uh, I think it gets tougher and tougher to have a dynasty as time goes on because money money changes. Players want more and more money as time goes on. And obviously the cap goes up and up normally every year. I think the cap will probably go down this year because of COVID and all the, the things going on in the United States right now. But in general, the more money players are asking for, the tougher it is NFL-wise to get a real dynasty going. So whether that's going to happen or not, I don't know. I love Patrick, and that team is set up right now. Uh, they were my, like, number two team in the league, I believe, this season. They were your number one. You had the Super Bowl. I, I had them losing in the AFC Championship. Crazy team right now. Number one team. <laughs> yeah, they are a, a definite um, um, Super Bowl contender, definite contender for the number one team in the league, and I don't think that's going to change for many years. I'm intrigued to see that you had Kyler Murray, too. I did not know if you were really going to have him there or not. Um, I didn't know what you were going to do with Lamar, either. We both completely counted him off the list his play style is just yeah. i don't know he's just it's non-conventional for someone that i think is going to be good for a long time you know you saw it with yeah. Vic. Vic. Vic was good and had off the field issues which which we all hope lamar does not have off the field issues such as Vic. um but even when he came back with the eagles he did not he still had the same scrambling ability but did not do it as often and even even then he had some injuries and, and such things like that that happened so mm-hmm. and Obviously, as you mentioned before, I would never go as far as to predict an injury because that's just not something that you do. But Lamar Jackson is a guy that relies so heavily on his athleticism and ability. His passing, it's not subpar, but it's not what you would expect from a top three quarterback in the league, to say the least. Um, and I think any injury, like a real injury that a lot of quarterbacks have to go through, even like Aaron Rodgers and Holmes had a, had a leg injury this season. And there are so many guys that get these leg injuries. Not, obviously, I'm not wishing that on Lamar Jackson, and I'm not going to go out and predict that that could happen. But if that happens, that's going to be a lot bigger of a detriment to Lamar Jackson than it would be to many other quarterbacks in this league. And like yeah. you said, his play style, um, he's not someone that is extremely accurate at down-the-field throwing. 
and his number one receiver is a down the field target. I think even the Steelers have when they showed the ability to have a fast linebacker being the quarterback spy for Lamar Jackson and being able to cover down the field. Um, they were really able to expose Lamar Jackson in that one game earlier in the season. He threw for like 150 yards and three interceptions. So <laughs> yeah. um, I think a lot of defense are going to start catching on. Lamar's obviously going to be a good quarterback. I think he'll probably be a top five quarterback still in five years. But obviously there's so many factors that go into that. And there are a lot of things that could go wrong potentially, to say the least. Yeah, that is... It, yeah, I don't want to feel mean and just be like, Lamar Jackson is just going to get hurt. Like, yeah, of course we want Lamar Jackson to be healthy. That's the worst thing you can wish on someone. Is just no, that we don't like the we, we're <laughs> we do not like the Ravens, and we we do not wish injury on any player. Yeah, that's just, like, it's it's no fun. Even if you're the biggest Washington football team hater of all time, no one wants to see Alex Smith laying on the field with, like, a broken leg or something like that. That's It's just gruesome. Yeah, especially and, like, when they're players that are, like, good people. Like, Lamar Jackson's a good guy. Say what you want about him. He has at this point in his career has not had any off the field issues. He's a he's a man of the people. Everybody likes him, and um, he hasn't done he hasn't done anything wrong. Not that it's justified of people like even like when Michael Vick had his incidents and that even Tom Brady to an extent. And it's they're like yeah we want him to get injured, hit him as hard as you can, and that is that, that, that's not justified. Obviously we are not going to say that, but Lamar Jackson yeah. is a guy that has not done anything wrong in his career to warrant any of that hate, and. We hope that he stays healthy and, and and continues to perform at a great level for years to come. Give us some fun football to watch. Unless he's facing the Steelers, then throw more interceptions, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess we'll we'll do our recap here. I have a lot of honorable mentions here: Trevor Lawrence, Mike Patrick, Marshawn Lattimore, Tre'Davious White, Julio Jones, Kevin Byard, Miles Garrett, and Jerry Judy. So lots of players there. I could have added more in theory, but I didn't. <laughs> um, and then number ten, I got Jamal Adams, Russell Wilson. Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones, D Hop, um, DeAndre Hopkins, TJ Watt, Dex, uh, not Dexter Lawrence, Aaron Donald, Dexter Lawrence, Quentin Nelson, Kyler Murray, and Patrick Mahomes. So my honorable mentions: Nick Bosa, Michael Thomas, Quentin Nelson, Chadavius White. From ten to one, I have Chase Young, Mike Evans, Aaron Donald, Miles Garrett, Jamar Chase, Trevor Lawrence, TJ Watt, Christian McCaffrey, Kyler Murray, and Patrick Mahomes. Um, another not two similar lists but obviously that's to be expected when it comes to predictions because obviously we predict different things it's a you know you don't like to go with guys that haven't you haven't seen play nfl football understandably so and <laughs> you know you have some more sleeper picks like a Dex, like a dexter lawrence and, and daniel jones guys that you think are going to develop very nicely so obviously and, once again just goes to show it values what a little bit more mm-hmm. and if we if we're going to do this like positionally then that would give us more of a of a reach, you know, you don't have to do more research in each position and stuff. Like, we both only had one linebacker, and it was someone we're very familiar with in TJ Watt um, and stuff like that. Like, quarterbacks. Yeah, Chase, uh, is Chase, never mind, Chase Young's more. Yeah, I got it. Chase, Chase Young is a good pick. I like the Chase Young pick. Um, you had him at a 10, yeah. if I So, I could definitely see that. And all the players that got drafted this year, and even last year to some extent, you could see them develop greatly. It's it's hard to predict those players that so we just haven't seen enough, especially the players last drafted last year. Like sometimes it's just hard because when they're the rookie, you get the hype and you you think about them in the NFL and that's cool. But then whenever they're um, after the study year and they, if they didn't start right away or if they had a minimal impact and you don't hear about them a lot, then that's when you um you start to they start to fade in your mind a little bit more and yeah. in the hype zones and they go to the new rookies like Jerry Judy and. And Trevor Lawrence next year, and and Jamar Chase for you already. <laughs> yeah, it, it's obviously to predict, especially wide receivers coming forward. You because every year they're your 
your guys that are high picks that just don't pan out, like a Laquan Treadwell or a Corey Davis or a John Ross or a Coleman. Um, every year, there's just those guys. I think Henry Ruggs were one of those guys um, that just you, you, you draft them high. They've got a lot of upside, but it just doesn't pan out. And receivers are a position where that is very likely. So I think Jamar Chase is going to be a stud in the NFL. A lot of a lot of people probably don't think that, but that that's just the game when it comes to prediction. Yeah, it's especially yeah for wide receivers. It's so hard to predict these guys because especially when they're from non. SEC schools to some extent, or like even ACC or Big Ten, um, when they're from the smaller divisions and they've come from the smaller schools, you know, they play against like six, six, seventh round cornerbacks or like undrafted guys that are going to have to work at, at Burger King after they, <laughs> you know, after they're done with their mm-hmm. college career. Like, of course, they're going to look so athletic, like so crazy good against them. That's that's why it's hard to tell. And the combine is a lot more important for the, for the wide receivers. Um, yeah, yeah. And like, you know, in college, just the style of play that they have is very conducive to wide receiver stats. It's a lot of down-the-field passing, not a lot of, of short, immediate routes. Um, just the style of play overall is more aerial style. It's very good for wide receiver stats, which is why the combine is as it is for quarterbacks. And like I said, quarterback stats are a little bit less important when it comes to there. And I think that is true, too, but obviously it's probably still a little bit more important for wide receivers than quarterbacks, I would say, at least on NFL scale. Yes, we are no NFL scout. <laughs> Contrary to common belief, we do not scout NFL players for our living. <laughs> yeah, uh, that would be fun. But apparently, Jordan Love has a lot of players, a lot of lists that I saw about players that are going to be good in in the years. I love Jordan Love. I do like Jordan Love. I'm not sure if he's in the right situation with the Packers, um, and it's hard to tell with what's going on with um with all the the different uh, drama per se going on there because they're you know. A-Rod said he wants to stay there for the rest of his career, and I'm sure he does, like, to some extent. But he said he's, like, I'm no, sure that career is going to be have to be about three years in, in that he's out then if he wants to stay there for the rest of his career because I think Green Bay is a team that's that – when they've got their guy, they're not they're not keeping Aaron Rodgers on for a figurehead if they think Jordan Love their quarterback, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Or, you know, Juju could have been on this list, um, but I, I had to opt out on putting Juju on the list <clears throat> because – and he's not the guy, you know, it's hard, it's hard to tell if he's going to pan out as that number one receiver. He didn't didn't play as well as many projected him to do this year. Um, I paid for it in fantasy drafting him in the second round, or drafting with my second pick. So, Jeez. I didn't realize you drafted him. I did draft him very high. Um, I believe my second pick was, I think mine was Joe Mixon, who I, was a very good was, running back, but he did not pan out. Yeah, my first pick was Le'Veon Bell, who had a rough start to the year, but I held on to him, did not trade him. And he um, he panned out well in the second half of the year. Uh, in retrospect, Juju Smith-Schuster had a, was average in the first weeks, and then towards the end there was a large stretch of injury. And at that point, I just might as well hold on to him. But he didn't get many starts. Um, yeah. My third round, I got Austin Eckler so late in your league, in the league that I was in with <laughs> you. I got Austin Eckler so late, and he was turned out to be the third or fourth best player in fantasy this year. So I was like, yeah, my team on paper starting the season, I was very happy with the draft, and it looked very good. good. But I had so many players that just did not perform to the level that they were expected to. I was looking at a thing. It was like the top 10 disappointing players in fantasy. And it was based on projected fantasy points for the season compared to their actual fantasy. And like who had the biggest leap, like negative jump there. I had so many of them. Um, I had Baker Mayfield was my starting quarterback. I had Joe Mixon, my number two running back. 
Um, Robert Woods, one of my top wide receivers. Jarvis Landry, one of my other top wide receivers. A.J. Green ended up put, did not, not even playing a game. And he was projected to be back in like week five. Me, Graham stunk. There were so many players on that team. Vance McDonald stunk. There were so many guys there on that team that I had that did not perform up to their level of expectation by any means. I missed out on the, the Steelers defense by one pick. And, he, and they were like best defense or, or third best defense fantasy wise. They had a good, good defensive fantasy year. I ended up with the Bills and transitioned to the to, to another defense later on. That was, I just saw it was better in, in free agency. So I, I picked him up. Usually if I don't get a defense like New England or Buffalo that I think going into it is going to be a stud defense, I just go operate on a week basis defensively and waiver wire pickups. I I stuck with my kicker all year because I had um, Zane going. He was a stud. He was putting up like 11 points. Yeah, I didn't know that he was. um, I had Robbie Gold, and then halfway through I switched to the Buccaneers, and then I switched to the Detroit Lions kicker, and pretty much every single week because it was – I had, like, the worst, like, I'd pick the guy, and the next week would be their bye week, and I'd have to cut them. But the kicker I had the last week was, um, was like, already signed by someone else. It was, like, it was like that for, like, four straight weeks that I just transitioned okay. until I ended up sticking with um, the Lions kicker got cut again, so I just stuck with him for the rest of it. Yeah. I'm not keeping two roster spots for a kicker. <laughs> yeah. I, I can agree with you there. I've always got a few, one or two roster spots on my team that I just, like, kind of throw away players that maybe they'll have a good week or maybe if I have some injuries and bye weeks and I'm really in a pinch I can throw them in but I don't want to I had I had George Kittle and then I had TJ Hawkinson TJ Hawkinson got injured after the years Jimmy Graham and Vance McDonald and they were both terrible Jimmy Graham yeah I I really thought Jimmy Graham was gonna be good I drafted him in one league and then nearly nearly, I I didn't get him I was planning on drafting him though because I was I think he was gonna do so good with with Aaron Rodgers and like such a big guy, such a big red zone target, like, but it just has it didn't it's not panned out. So I'm not gonna yeah. take a <laughs> take a, take a shot and get try and get him this year. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to to fantasy in this season, getting back into into the swing of things. I'm not 100 percent sure even when the season starts. To be fair, but it's that I don't really know either. I have to update that big board I made. I'm gonna update it and transition some of the players around. My views on some players have changed specifically. Um, Goff, I'm not Goff, but Gurley. I think Gurley's fantasy stock to me has skyrocketed in recent in recent weeks. I almost I almost would put a first round pick on his name, but yeah. I don't know just yet. Yeah, I don't know if I can go that far, but I, I like it. His stock is a high end wide receiver. I would probably consider him for me a high end. Yeah, that's it. Depends. It's always situationally. I always go in with a plan and who I want in the first round. But in every single draft I've had, I've never had a top five pick. It's always eight or nine or like something like that. So. I get two guys back-to-back pretty quick, but I never get a shot at one of the top two running back. Since I um, have been, like, really into fantasy the past two years, I had the seventh pick my first year and the first pick last season because I was the commissioner, and I don't think there's a way to change that in ESPN Fantasy Leagues. So I had the first pick or the first pick that year and the seventh pick, and I drafted the same guy, Saquon Barkley. Uh, last I... season, they called me a madman at number seven, and up being the number one uh, running back in the league yeah. in you know, fantasy football-wise. And this year... I wish I had the number two pick because even like I I was before the draft like if I get the number two pick which I was going to try to like just size it but I I couldn't figure out how to do that but <laughs> yeah. I was like if I get the number two pick it was between McCaffrey and Kamara for me I decided on McCaffrey and I wish I would have gotten the number two pick to say the least <laughs> yeah I don't know but I definitely if I get a third if I get the third pick that's like this situation I would like to be in I first year I did fantasy 
I was in a league with with uh, some people, um, some buddies from from my fan page that I was in a group chat with. They started a fantasy league, and that was one I, I focused on the most. And mm-hmm. Saquon fell to the third round. Ever, like we oh talked about, goodness. It, like two hours before the draft, we talked about how much we thought Saquon was overhyped, and no one picked him up until the third round, and he ended up being the first player. I I felt so stupid after that because yeah, like you said, he turned out to be the best player in fantasy that year, and I had the opportunity to get him like four times. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I took him with the seventh pick, and it was it was a good investment to say the least. Because I'm sure I don't think he would have fallen to my second round pick if I wouldn't have taken him there. I wouldn't think because the one guy I was drafting with was just a big college football buff, and he didn't know anything about the NFL, so <laughs> he would have taken Saquon too. Yeah, that makes sense. Some little NBA talk here at the end. Um, T.J. Warren is literally lighting it up in the bubble, even without. Even without Sabonis and Oladipo playing subpar basketball, um, he is the Pacers are winning, and it's really up to him. He's playing so good, and uh, yeah, we just before the show we got they got this notification. Luca got has thirty four points and a career high twenty rebounds. My homie got twenty rebounds. That is so so many rebounds. Twenty rebounds is very insane for a small forward. Um, if there's a small forward that was going to do it, probably would be Luca to be fair, but. Uh... <laughs> Uh, that surprised me in the bubble. There's a lot of interesting things going on in the bubble, which is always nice to see when you get players like uh, TJ Warren jumping 50 points and going insane in the bubble. But that's what you're going to get when you when you're off basketball for three months. Or I saw the, like the the wait between the season, like pause and when the first NBA game was longer than the last off season, <laughs> which is absurd because it's like always like oh we hate the off season. Well, now we're going to have to have this insanely long 104-day pause and then go back and have, like, another 98-day offseason afterwards. So not exactly what you like to see for basketball fans, but I will cherish as much basketball as I can before it leaves. I've been eating up basketball lately. I've been watching old basketball games and stuff on, like, hooking up the laptop to an HDMI cord and putting it on the TV. They're so It's just so much fun sometimes to watch those games. I, wa- yeah, I try I would- to watch as much as I can, especially New Orleans and, and Portland, because New Orleans would do, is just such a fun team to watch. They're not doing performing very well in the bubble, um, but Zion is just probably the most fun player to watch in this entire league. And then Portland, I absolutely love Damian Lillard, probably my favorite player. If New Orleans isn't going to make the playoffs, I want Portland to because I love Dame Lillard. And I think of many teams, they have a, at least somewhat chance of beating the Lakers in the first round. Do I think it's going to happen? No, but I think they have a high chance with a small scoring backcourt as the Lakers have not a lot of depth in the guard position, especially def- defensively after the loss of Avery Bradley and Rajon Rondo. So yeah. go Portland. Who knows? Uh, the Pacers might be making a push. That's that's all I can hope. I don't know. Yeah, like you said, they're not. They're not. Gonna, they're definitely not going to beat the Lakers. That's, I was watching a the a Lakers versus the Lakers versus the Pelicans game, and that was the like one of the first games that Zion played, and it was. A fun. It was fun to see LeBron and, and Zion, since they're obviously the new age stars per se. Yeah, I, w- I watched that game too. It was it was a very fun watch. So I don't know. I've definitely gotten this season and last season very very well ingrained into basketball. Uh, it's just one of my favorite things to 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 look at and to be able to watch basketball. Keep up with all the stats. It's very fun to be able to do because it's a lot easier per se to keep up with, with fo- than football because there's less advanced statistics that you have to look at and there's obviously less players. So it's easier to know every player on the court at all times, which basically at this point, any game I can throw me into and I'll, for the most part, know every player on the court to some extent. So 
that's always fun when you're watching games to just be able to know what you're looking at and the who's who and who's able to do what. So that's always one of the favorite things about watching NBA nowadays. That's that's just rough for me. I I've not like spent enough time or watched enough games or like just messed around with the NBA enough to know all the players. So I don't even know all the players and like the Pacers, like the team that I like the most. I don't even like mm-hmm. I couldn't even tell you who all the players are in the field. But I do know I do know the best players. I know Warren. I like I know Oladipo and I know Sabonis. But some of the guys in the especially in the the later um, lines, I don't know them that well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've gotten to the point. I took a quiz. It was like the rosters for every team. I ended up getting like 75% of all the players in the Eastern Conference and like 79% of all the players in the Western. I, I can remember off the top of my head. So that was interesting. That's I'm, cool. I'm, I'm at the point where I've, I'm a basketball junkie now. It's easier to learn all the players in, the, in basketball, obviously, because there's 10 players on the court at a time. And in football, there's 22. So yeah. It's a lot more difficult in that in football, but I, I'm definitely up to par with basketball now at this point. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's something I've been looking into more lately. It's just it's this because there's a much higher chance that basketball is actually going to work because of the plan they've had and set. So many people have said the NFL is just not going to work. There's so many problems going on. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. That's not what I want to see at all. But I want to be. I am ready, and I have more than one sport. I'm not one sport dependent. I will know something about more than just the NFL. <laughs> But I'm I, I was sport dependent currently, professional wise. I, I went through this weird phase when there was no school or like anything to do, where I just like watched old baseball games. And honestly, that is the most embarrassing thing of my life. That is not something I want to. Um, I cannot watch baseball games consistently, especially when the Pirates are my team and they're so atrocious. Yeah, that, I did not watch a lot of Pirates games, but I watch. I watch some like the good teams. I watch the Dodgers as always. They're always good, I guess. And all those teams. Yeah. There was a lot of older games, like from the 2000s and stuff. Because baseball was actually fun back. I actually liked baseball back then, like to some extent. Like I'd watch Pirates games because the Pirates were actually good. Well, not in like the 2000s. I wasn't born yet. But in like 2010, like 2013, when we went to like the the finals, or not the finals, the um, the, the champion series. I don't for some reason it's named. The World Series. Yeah. When they went to the World Series and stuff like that, that was did they go to the World Series? But when they were good, I honestly don't even I don't remember. Know if they went but, to the World Series. I don't. I don't remember it. If they did, not, I, they went to the World Series. But um, I'm not a. I'm not a Pirates guy. I remember the good McCutcheon days and way back when, and like the Clement. Yeah. Pirates knowledge there really. I don't keep up with it too too much at this point. <laughs> I must admit, I plugged in my phone at 15 percent, and it's now at two percent. Like it is not charged. So we should probably finish this up a little bit just just for logistic details here. This was a good episode. Hopefully I'll come back next episode a little bit smarter. We'll think of an idea, but we have a long time. Enjoy your time camping. And yeah, we'll be back in uh, August. August whenever. (laughs) August. August next week. So, yes. Well, I guess from here, from us here at the Joe Show, we officially we are. Peace.